Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. John 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So evidently Jesus really loved Lazarus and was a friend. In fact, as far as I can tell, when Jesus would go down from Galilee, down south to Jerusalem for the feast and such, he would stay just on the other side of the Mount of Olives in this town called Bethany. And I think it, it, it seems like he may have been staying with uh, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha in one of their homes. So it says, uh, the sisters sent word, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, watch this, he said, when Jesus heard that, he said. Now, they're not just saying, hey, he's got a cold. No. Jesus understood it's a serious sickness. When Jesus heard that, he said, we need to watch what we say when we hear bad news. Watch Jesus. Pay attention to what he does. It reminds me of uh, Mark chapter 6. I believe it is where it says the woman, uh, well, no, Jairus came and he asked him, Lord, my little daughter lies at the point of death, but if you'll come and lay your hands on her, she'll be healed and she'll live. And then the woman with the flow of blood comes and she gets healed and she's telling the story. And while she's still telling the story after her healing, some people came from the ruler's house and said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your little daughter's dead. The Bible says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said, don't be afraid, only believe. See, and so now uh, they came and said, Lord, uh, the messengers came, Lord, behold, he, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, watch this, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. It seemed uh, that Jesus knew what was going to happen, but he said, this sickness is not unto death. In other words, this is not the end of Lazarus' life. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. You would think that it would say he rushed to get to Bethany to pray over and to heal Lazarus. But that's not what it said. It said, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two days. It seems an intentional delay. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. Judea is down where Jerusalem and Bethany are. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered you, are there not 12 hours in, in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, but after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Now watch this. Then his disciples said, 
Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. Like, man, if he's resting, then he's going to get better, right? However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking a rest and sleep. Now, if Jesus spoke of his death, then why did Jesus say, uh, our friend Lazarus sleeps? I want you to notice, Jesus is not lying, but I want you to notice how Jesus is so intentional with his words. Do you remember Proverbs 18, 21? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let's take it on either side. Death is in the power of the tongue, and those who love to speak death will eat the fruits of death. Life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love to speak life will eat the fruit of life. See, and so Jesus was cautious with his words. So instead of saying Lazarus is dead, he says Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. But it turned right around and said Jesus spoke of his death. So in other words, even though Jesus knew that he died, by that point, Jesus said he sleeps, but I'm going to wake him up. Jesus was not wanting to speak with his words, death. He was wanting to speak as if this is temporary and I'm going to go get him up. So it says, however, Jesus spoke, verse 13, of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So when he says, Lazarus sleeps, we're going to go wake him up. They said, well, Lord, if he sleeps, he's going to be fine. We don't have to rush down there. And so Jesus, wanting to make sure that they were clear about what was really going on, he admits, he said, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. See, the delay. I was glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him, that you may believe. So Jesus already knows what he's going to do, and he wants his disciples to see it. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. See, he's still on that conversation where they were wanting to stone Jesus. And Jesus is saying, well, we're going to go. And there are 12 hours in a day and such. Well, of course, Jesus is also saying there's 12 hours in a day and the night is coming when no one can work. He's saying that there is a season here where his assignment is on earth and he's going to be protected in that until the time that he's not protected when he lays down his life. And then things go really dark, as you know. But thank God, in the middle of that darkness of crucifying Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is poured out 50 days later after Passover, and light shines forth through the church. So let's come down here, verse 17. So when Jesus came, talking about to Bethany, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. So it seems to me like it, it took them a couple of days to get down there. Verse 18. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, she believed in him. She believed in the power of God that was on Jesus' life. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. She believed that Jesus could pray and see her brother raised from the dead. Oh, let me tell you, Martha had some faith. Verse 
23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So I want you to notice, Jesus said, your brother will rise again. She said, well, I know he's going to rise in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Oh, that's a powerful statement. He's saying the resurrection is not a time. The resurrection is a person. And that person just happens to be here right now. Oh, my goodness. That's just the profundity of that statement and the power that's on that. I am the resurrection and the life. And, of course, at the resurrection of the dead in the last day, who is it that with the sound of a trumpet begins to come on a cloud and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive shall be caught up to meet him in the air. Who is it? It's the resurrection and the life. That's who it is. The whole rapture of the church, the whole resurrection of the righteous, that first resurrection. Blessed is he who takes part in the first resurrection, Revelation says. Who is that? That's him. But, but yes, when he gets there, he will be the one calling for that resurrection. But guess what? <laughs> Here he is on the earth now. And he said, right now I'm the resurrection and the life. Okay, let's watch this story. So, verse 28. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house, talking about Mary, and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came uh, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now that's part of what Martha had said, almost identical, right? Uh, but she didn't say the second part, and that was, but even now God will hear you if you will pray. Therefore, verse uh, 33, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Let me tell you something. Other people's emotions, what other people are doing and saying affects us. And so Jesus is coming, and with faith he is intending to raise Lazarus from the dead, but these people that he loves, especially Mary and Martha, and these people weeping and groaning, it is affecting him. And he's groaning in the spirit. It seems to me like he's groaning in the spirit to retain the faith and not to go into this grief. Grief, uh, there, there is a, a, a healthy grief that happens when we lose a loved one. But there's a grief that happens that is like the Bible says, we sorrow as others who have no hope. And that grief lacks faith. That grief lacks confidence in the salvation of God and that God is sovereign and he has this situation under control. And so Jesus, it seems to me, he's groaning in his spirit to retain his, his perspective 
of God and God's power and that God is in control of this. This is not a sorrow of the world in grief. He should not give place to that. And so he said in verse 34, and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Oh, let me tell you, he's a human being and he has human emotion. And even though he is the son of God, he's still human. And he's feeling this. This is families very close to him. And all this emotion that's going on, Jesus is feeling this emotion and he wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And of course he did. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, now he's hearing this, then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. Came to the tomb, it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Uh, Now think about this. If he's going to raise the dead, what does a stench have to do with it? Do you mean it's easier to raise somebody from the dead if they smell good? (laughs) No. It's ridiculous. But this is the carnal... The carnality of man. This is our logic and reason. It just cannot hold a candle to the wisdom and the power of God. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, so he lifted up his eyes. You can just picture Jesus. The tomb is across the way. Take away the stone. They took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. He knows that the kind of power that's required to raise a man from the dead requires God's involvement here. And, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. What does that mean? I have already prayed to you about this situation. You have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Listen to the faith. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. See, I don't only want them to believe in me. I want them to believe in you. So that's why I'm stopping right now before I do what I'm about to do, to pray to you so that they can hear that I'm doing this with you and with your power. So therefore, he said, uh, or be, But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Oh, sometimes we miss this. With a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, what does this mean with a loud voice? He didn't just walk over the tomb and hopefully nobody heard him. Lazarus, come forth, be raised up, right? And if it didn't happen, well, at least nobody or hardly anybody heard me pray. No, he said it with a loud voice. I want everybody to hear this. Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. They would wrap in those days grave clothes all around, like what we would call a mummy, and and often with spices, sometimes a 100 pounds of spices. Lazarus came out of that tomb, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, 
loose him and let him go. I tell you, this really applies because some this is like people being saved, being raised from the dead, born again. But they're still bound with lust. They're still bound with drugs, uh, pornography, addictions, lying, deception. They still need to be loosed from those bondages. They may have been born again, but the, the enemy still has them bound with these grave clothes like addictions and such. And so people need to be discipled. Yes, you need to get saved, but you need to be discipled and loosed from all of that stuff. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things that Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council together and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. Oh, how bad would that be, right? If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people uh, and not the and not that the whole nation should perish. It is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he said, not on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. Now, of course, that's what he intended. It'd be better for us to kill him than for all of us to die, right? But he didn't realize he was prophesying the death of Jesus. Uh, and this was part of prophecy, in other words, prophetically prophesying, like from God. He was just trying to take care of the problem. But no, he was actually speaking by the power of God and prophesying the death of Jesus. So notice verse 52, and not for that nation only, he went on to say, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. So he, uh, so Caiaphas prophesied, that Jesus would die for the nation. And then this is John's commentary. And not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. See, that's that other fold that that the previous chapter talked about that he's going to bring in and along with the believing Jews to make one flock and he would be the shepherd of that flock. Okay, verse 53 then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. And the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went from the country up to Jerusalem. Up, excuse me, it's talking about elevation, not direction. Went up to Jerusalem before the Passover, to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus and spoke among themselves as they stood in the temple. What do you think? Uh, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it that they might seize him. So this raising of Lazarus from the dead was like the the nail in the coffin, the straw that broke the camel's back, they now were convinced, we have to kill him. We have to do it. So they're really set 
on crucifying him. And of course, uh, we're at this the stage where it's about to happen anyway. Okay, that's John chapter 11, another good one. So I look forward to tomorrow, John chapter 12. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.